podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Fools, 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 fools. It happened. It did happen. We damn It happened. We did it. We did it! Yeah. It's over! I had a big celebration in my house. It was fantastic. My pants... Uh, the celebration was just me getting just completely nude right. in my living room. Yeah, I actually have... I've, I have been... I've been naked for 48 consecutive hours uh, now, so... What a what a freaking game Nick Foles had. He, he threw 38 passes. He had four touchdowns. I think he had... I mean, he didn't have a lot of yards. He had like 230-some yards. <laughs> Right, but that's that. It was it was a good matchup for Nick Foles. Really good, and this is why you can stream the quarterback <laughs> position. It, this is why it works, and and just it feels a little bit Kirk Cousins ish from from twenty fifteen, was it? And when when uh, uh, you know coming yeah. in coming into the, the the stretch run of that season, he was nothing special. I mean, as far as fantasy goes, but he had a, mm-hmm. a plush schedule. And uh, and here we are with Foles. Not only did he capitalize on a great matchup because matchups matter, but then he gets one again this week, which we'll talk about you know later in the show. And we're stressing the matchups matter thing here, guys, because this week, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you might have seen me. I, look, look, I got I got more heated than I'd like to admit because I don't like getting heated on Twitter very often. I like to have fun with what we do. Um, but at the same time, I like to defend the way that I feel and, and, and what I research and what I do. Um, and so on Twitter, you might have seen a back and forth with me and another fantasy analyst uh, because this fantasy analyst uh, looked at a Harvard sports study, which was done, I believe, by just like Harvard students. Like it's just students that are at Harvard. And this study that was published in 2015 looks at quarterback matchups and looks at DVOA, so football outsiders metric, and it showed that that matchups don't matter, essentially. Or if they do matter, it's a very slight advantage. Right. Which, okay, that's fine. That's their conclusion of this study. Well, this analyst blindly was, was tweeting about it and said that match, quarterback matchups are BS, is what this person said. So naturally, I'm going to take some offense to that. I think Denny deep down probably did too, but he just doesn't care enough to 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 go. Well, at no, it. I was not about to get into a three day exchange with you guys. You, you were you were holding your own. You were representing the LTS brand and your brand. So, but but yeah, I I think it's it's um uh it, it's like when people tell me that kickers don't matter, it makes me angry online. Yeah, I mean, like the the bottom line is what that study showed is that DVOA alone does not give you much in terms of seeing if a matchup is good or not for a quarterback and then seeing that quarterback succeed as a streamer or, or as anything. Uh, what it, what, what it showed is that DVOA is, is in and of itself is not a good metric to use when looking at matchups, but matchups are not defined by strictly DVOA. And it is so beyond ignorant to think that matchups are BS because DVOA says so. And that was my beef with that entire thing. It was it was not so much of the perspective of maybe ma- maybe maybe we think matchups matter more. I think that that oftentimes people think that matchups matter more than they actually do, especially at running back and wide receiver, where volume is literally everything. Right. Um, but with that being said, you can't look at one met- guys. If you ever see a study with anything, this isn't just fantasy football related, with anything where they're taking a metric 
which is it's, it's measuring something and it was created by someone, which means that metric has flaws naturally, right? That metric is not telling you a black and white answer, especially with when it, when it comes to looking at how defenses are performing. DVOA is not the god of matchup metrics. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not how this works. And so if you if you see a study that says, "Oh, this doesn't matter because this metric says so." Dig deeper. That metric, a metric, metric like DVOA, uh, what we use at NumberFire, our net expected points metric. There's, there's, there's a lot of description there. There's a lot. They're, they're descriptive metrics for the most part. There's some predictive nature to the metrics, but they're mostly descriptive. And wh- that that doesn't mean that they're bad. If you if you take a lot of descriptive metrics and you put them together, they can become predictive. Right. You, you can look at all of these different puzzle pieces and say, oh, this makes sense. Oh, this is connecting to this. Oh, this is connecting to this as well. And you're looking at things like cornerback matchups. You're looking at things like, oh, maybe this, this safety is out. You're looking at things, oh, they utilize the slot a lot, and this team sucks against slot receivers. You, you look at all of those things, and that's when you can say, oh, this guy actually has a good matchup. And to assume that players don't, that, that, that matchups don't matter and bad quarterbacks can't perform well in fantasy football when for four years, Denny and I have sat on this podcast and shown you guys and tracked the players that we can stream mid QBs in fantasy football off of guys off the waiver wire, all while not even counting the guys that we picked early in the season. And you think that matchups don't matter because DVOA says so? That's atrocious. Yes, it is atrocious. And well said. And also, if 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 your main criticism of of a of a metric or a strategy is that uh, this strategy or metric is not the skeleton key to unlock all fantasy s- secrets, uh, then that then then you're off base because there are, there yeah. is no skeleton there is no skeleton key there is no holy grail. Okay, stop. No one should look for it because it doesn't exist. And uh, and and also, and I think maybe you're getting to this. The dude who published the the studies yes. uh, happened to tweet at you and say what? He so so after a back and forth where my my point the whole time was this study is looking at DVOA only, so therefore you can't say matchups don't matter because it's DVOA based. The the, the person who was very kind chimed in the next day. And he messaged and, and he said that that essentially uh, I'm right that that it was just DVOA. He just thought that that was the best approach to just kind of look at a high level because a lot of casual fantasy owners will approach things from a matchup standpoint and just say, "Oh, this team's DVOA is bad, therefore this quarterback should is in play." Or they'll say this team has given up a lot of fantasy points, which is probably there's some correlation I'm sure between fantasy points against and and how good the defense is according to DVOA, but that, so so he, he's looking at things that way because it's the way that casual owners see things. And then he says, I'm no expert. I'm sure that you you dig in a lot more than I do. Right. So like he, he's literally admitting like he it, it, it was like it was like a, a mind blowing experience. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, the, the short of it is if you want to see that matchups actually do matter. Uh, and that streaming is viable. I, I know not in your league, uh, everyone, but um, yeah, of course. Uh, but streaming is viable. All you have to do is read your two ebooks. I mean, I mean, forget about everything else. Read your two those two ebooks, and I know I know that they were published a while ago, but they still hold, and uh, um, and see and see how and why uh, it, it it works. But I I I do want to point out that uh, we often on this show say. You may think quarterback A is a great play this week because the matchup is right, but here's why we're not recommending him. We've said that mm-hmm. before. Like we right. don't, we don't just. It's not just like look at points against and say, "All right, well, you plug in the top three guys there." Like, like that's yeah. That's and, and, and look, yeah, and, and sometimes it is. Sometimes it is that simple because some defenses are that bad, and some defenses do funnel pat funnel to the pass game and some defenses can then not stop the pass and you know as a season goes on you know it's funny I was thinking about this earlier today because I'm writing my start sit for for Thursday mm-hmm. and as the season goes on you get into this kind of rhythm when you're writing this content because you know what matchups there are in general because you have more data and you know you know you know that playing a wide receiver one against Minnesota yeah. is tough to do because of Xavier Rhodes like you just know that that's a natural who is Minnesota playing? I can make that guy a sit. 
and you can just kind of go through that process. And, and it becomes second nature at a point where you're like, oh, this quarterback's playing Indianapolis. Okay, Indianapolis has a, has a near historically bad secondary. Of course, I'm going to play this quarterback against Indianapolis. So there, there are certain things like that where, where it can be quick and it, and it can be easy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm, the, the other side to all of this, Denny, that never gets talked about with, with streaming, well, two things. The one I already mentioned where we we talk about quarterbacks early in the season that then become every week starters or, or, or guys that you're playing in average to easy matchups and maybe not in hard matchups like Alex Smith, right? But, but on top of this, the reason that streaming is viable goes back to the supply and demand of the position. The, the, the reason that you can do this is not even just because you can pinpoint matchups for quarterbacks. It's because there are so many quarterbacks available off of your waiver wire right. that they they don't matter as much it, because you can find usable guys. On, you're just trying to increase your odds of hitting on that that waiver wire quarterback by playing them in good matchups. Right, and it, and it's why it's why there's really no such thing as streaming running backs, which that that phrase actually uh, makes me like wince in pain. So yeah, me too, me uh-huh. too. It, it's a it's a difficult thing to because look the, it, when you go to your waiver wire each week, guys. And you're saying who am I? Who should I pick up off the waiver wire? It, literally, everyone else in your league is trying to pick up the same running back. Right, right. Like, like even even when when Ajayi got traded, even before we knew that Kenyon Drake was actually good, when 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 that happened, people were still throwing darts at both Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake, even though they both thought that they sucked, mm-hmm. or that we thought that they, both of them sucked. It doesn't matter. They're running backs. Whereas quarterbacks, you can go to your waiver wire in most leagues and there are very usable guys and you know that they're going to throw the ball 30 plus times per game. So again, sorry for getting heated on Twitter. I'm sorry that, um, uh, genuinely that, that it was because I I don't like that. And I don't like, uh, having that side come out, if you will, where it's just a back and forth argument, uh, because I feel threatened in some way. Threatened as in like my 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 own research is being threatened. Right. Well, you you feel no, you feel under attack, uh, and, and and right and rightfully so, you know. Right. Uh, unless I'm I'm putting words in your mouth, but but no no, I I think that that's that that is rightfully so. But the most important thing to remember, folks, is that Nick Foles was the Q, the QB four <laughs> on the week with twenty five and a half fantasy points. So that's that that if if not, if you take away nothing else from this conversation. Remember that. Yeah, I mean the other the other fantastic part of this was that uh the what what spawned that whole tweet to be sent in the first place of the matchups don't matter is because this fantasy analyst and look I I don't care that like this person was very very has been very very mean to me in the past for legitimately no reason took a lot of digs at me for no reason throughout this back and forth it was really unnecessary uh so I don't really care if I'm calling like I I don't call analysts out because that's not that's not what I do I, I think that's that's ridiculously silly. But the reason this spawned is because he was tweeting about Blake Bortles earlier in the week and how it's ridiculous that people were playing Blake Bortles because Blake Bortles is so bad. And then he tweets out that after the fact, he tweets out and says, oh, people are going to say that matchups matter for quarterbacks because Blake Bortles did so well. Well, matchups do matter for quarterbacks because Blake Bortles dropped a 250 burger in the first half with three touchdowns. I mean, it's not... Like it's not a coincidence, it, you know. No, if Blake Bortles were playing the Vikings secondary, I don't believe that he would have had twenty-five fantasy points. That's right. just my do, opinion. Do Do you think if the Jags were like, you know what, we're not going to play our our starting secondary this week? You don't think that you would try to attack that secondary? Exactly. Exactly. Like, come on, That's this just... is con- this is legitimate common sense, and we're trying to make it more complicated by looking at these overarching way, uh, studies and and mathematical ways. And you guys know that I'm an analytical person, but that. That's not the way that you approach analytics in sports. You don't you don't go about it in this way because one metric is not going to tell you everything. Well, and also if 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 you go far enough down into that rabbit hole of matchups don't matter, and, and I know I say on Twitter nothing matters, but if if you if you say matchups don't matter, then my question is what matters? Like so you so that means that if you believe matchups don't matter, that means that you have to have a quote unquote elite quarterback all the time. And that means that you just play what, like the bet your best players, no matter what, even if you're, you're slightly, you know, slightly worse options have a great matchup and could see more volume. So, I mean, what, what, what is, what is the point of playing if matchups don't matter is my question. Right. I mean, look, look, by tweeting matchups don't matter for for any position, let, you know, let alone quarterback. By, by by tweeting that matchups don't matter, 
You are quite literally essing. I'm not going to swear because this is a family it's podcast. The kids, the kids, yeah. The kids, the kids. You are you are s-wording all over the fantasy football industry and the analysts that do amazing work. Evan Silva does the matchups column every. I, he does a column that is read. Probably he's probably the most read column other than like Matthew Barry's love hate every week throughout the entire fantasy football industry. Right. And he does. Silva does brilliant work in that column because he he's an unbelievably yeah. good fantasy football analyst. And you're going to tell him, you know what? This doesn't matter. Yeah, don't be mean to Silva. Um, yeah, uh, he's the nicest human alive. Exactly, but but uh, but I, I I do I do mean it. Like, uh, uh, if we can't account for the various situations that a player finds himself in then there's no point in playing this game within a game. Because there's no edge. There's no edge to be had. Exactly. Right? Exactly. DFS players are looking at matchups every single week, and there are guys continuously making thousands and thousands of dollars because they're very good at it. Yeah. And you're going to sit there and say that they don't matter. I, it's just, it's, it's that what, they're lucky? Drew Dinkmeyer is just this lucky guy who's making <laughs> millions of dollars playing DFS? I don't think so. Smiz, like, it's, this isn't, this, it's just, it's such a ridiculous notion. I, it's ridiculous. I did, I did enjoy how the guys who make millions on DFS chimed in and were like, um, actually matchups matter. So. <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> okay. right. Right, yeah. Smith had some good, some good uh, Harvard-related comments to that too. That was, that that, should, that was people, good stuff. People should check them out. Anyway, we're on to week fifteen, uh, or sorry, week sixteen. Week fifteen was kind of baller. Um, we had the the Saints, Redskins, and Bills defenses. They scored six, ten, and ten. The Saints really their, their defense was kind of a disappointment. It was all things considered. disappointment. Are you kidding me? What yeah. in the world it was that? I I was flabbergasted when I turned on that game and and uh, uh, Bryce Petty's just like moving the ball kind of at will. I mean, I, there was no pressure on him. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, but quarterback, we had three top ten options last week. Um, because uh, hashtag matchups matter. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had 19.64 points. He continues to throw for a lot of yards, but not a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Nick Foles ends up throwing four touchdowns. He had 25.48 points, and Blake Bortles also had 25 points. Um, that is a pretty good, pretty, pretty good quarterback week. It's not terrible. Many are saying. Many are saying it's not terrible. Um, and then at tight end, we had Ben Watson. He, he was a tight end one, 17.4. OJ Howard got hurt early. He scored that touchdown and got hurt, um, which is sad because that was a guy that I, I, I was obviously excited about last week after after talking about him. Uh, but he still scored 10 fantasy points, so er, PPR points. So it's not that bad of a week, uh, even though he didn't play all that much. Uh, and then the dart throw of the week, Josh Hill, he was literally the only bad pick of the week. He had, he had one catch for 22 yards, which, look, we, we said on the show last week, you're just hoping that he can fall into the end zone. He did not... Um, could have could have been worse, I guess. Isn't that isn't that our motto? Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not hateful. Uh, <laughs> uh, but by the way, this I, I have to. I'm looking at at the week 15 top uh, 12 quarterbacks. This is a tough ass week, and I'm sorry to the kids, but a tough ass week to say matchups don't matter because here are the top 12: Cam Newton, Eli freaking Manning, uh, James Winston, Foles, Osweiler, Bortles, Tyrod. Uh, Flacco, Garoppolo, Keenum, Alex Smith. Wow, that's a tough. That is very. That's a. That's a blow. That is a blow to the old ego. If you don't believe matchups to matter, you know. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of quarterbacks that that thrived in those plus matchups. Week sixteen, Denny. The last real week of the season for us. I don't know what our schedule is going to look like next week. We still have to talk about that for the DG yeah, episode. Yeah, it's hard to say. But but it doesn't really matter anyway. Um. Because it's the DGAF episode. But, Denny, why don't you kick things off with the defense for Week 16? Yes. Uh, the Washington defense, which – did we mention them last week? I forget. No. Yeah. Yeah, they were Yeah, they were, They were. were uh, against Arizona. Right. We did mention them. And they scored they, – they, they did really they well. They did well, yeah. Ten, ten fantasy points. So, Washington defense at home has been good. And now they get a, a, a Denver team that gives up um, the – let's see – Second most, I think. The yeah, I was looking for a no team. Oh, oh, a no team gives up more adjusted points to defenses than the Broncos. Mm. Uh, uh, Denver has allowed an average, and I have that in all caps, by the way, average of 14 fantasy points to opposing defenses in road games this year, and that includes the zero posted by Indianapolis last week. Naturally, 
Um, only the Browns have more turnovers than the Broncos on the season, and obviously that's what, what we're that's what we're after. We're after sacks and uh, and, and turnovers. Um, so you know, Washington is a three and a half point home favorite. Um, I, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to ask for a, a, a better scenario for uh, for upside. I think I, I really like Washington's defense. I like Washington too. Uh, you mentioned the Browns. They're facing Chicago this week. Um, I mean, th- look, the Browns' offense is bad. Like they're 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 atrocious. Uh, this season, they're allowing three point zero seven sacks and one point seven nine interceptions a game to to opposing That's defenses. Ridiculous. Which that that gives you a floor of of what like seven points right. without even fact. That's not even factoring in then the fact that they are averaging fewer than fifteen points per game. So. Uh, Chicago at home, six and a half point favorites and a very obvious streamer. One that uh, we had talked about uh, even a couple weeks ago, just as like a, a team that you can stash. Um, but Chicago is a very high floor streamer this week. Absolutely. Um, Kansas city defense. Uh, they've been dropped a lot for good reason. Uh, but with the uh, resurgence of their offense, since, since Andy Reed has given up play calling, uh, the the game script has not been so tremendously awful uh, against the the Kansas City defense. We talk about that a lot. How how the offense often often dictates that for the defense. Um, and the matchup is right. So uh, KC is a ten point home favorite. Miami has the third most turnovers uh, in the league, and the uh, Chiefs defense. Um, has scored 26 fantasy points over the last two weeks during this, um, you know, rejuvenation of the uh, of the once dead uh, Alex Smith led offense. So um, uh, at home, uh, uh, big favorites and Cutler Cutler in a in a bad game script is is like the dream, honestly, for for streaming yeah. defenses. I, I I struggle with with Washington or or Kansas City. I. I feel like both have have a have a really high high ceiling. I I kind of lean Washington, but Kansas City's yeah. I I I don't have a strong preference between the two. Um, I I probably you know if I'm looking for floor, I think of the three. You know, if you include Chicago, I think I might go with Chicago. If I look if I'm looking strictly at the floor, yeah. Um, but the ceiling, I think you can you can make a case for for all three of those. The, the one defense though, I want to just throw in there, um, that I, I don't necessarily like as much, but. Arizona isn't owned in many leagues. Um, the Giants looked fairly competent last week offensively against against Philly, uh, but they're going to be going to Arizona. Uh, the Cardinals are four and a half point favorites, um, and the Eagles this past week were actually the first team against the Giants since Week Six to rank outside the top sixteen in weekly scoring, so top half defense. Um, and the Cardinals have actually posted four top ten performances over their last seven games, and three of those performances came at home. Mm. Um, so they're only owned in 44% of Yahoo leagues right now. I don't think they're a terrible option off the waiver wire. I like the other three defenses more, uh, but I, I think that you could do worse than Arizona. <laughs> and that's and that's what we do on this podcast. We, that's what we do. I mean, you could do worse. We don't. We don't do worse. That's what we do. Uh, all right, quarterbacks. I'll kick things off. Uh, I'm going to talk about um, my my doppelganger. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Joe Flacco. Um, he's actually averaged over 19 fantasy points per game over his last three outings. Uh, all of those contests came against pretty beatable secondaries. Um, but even still, it doesn't matter because the Colts are a very beatable secondary. The Ravens are big 13 and a half point favorites in a game with a 41 and a half point over under that makes the Ravens that gives the Ravens a top five implied team total on this slate. Uh, so Indianapolis, then they've given up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but They've also not faced many good quarterbacks. That's that's mm-hmm. uh, they've they've faced Russell Wilson. Uh, he was a QB seven against them. They faced Ben before before Roethlisberger was really good. Uh, when you adjust for strength of the opponent, uh, number fires metrics actually have the Colts secondary as the league's worst. Mm. Um, and, and look, we saw that last week when Brock Osweiler came off the bench yeah. and and just lit them apart. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he he, yeah, he took yeah, a he, he he took he took a flamethrower. And he he lit them and they fell apart. That's, that's what, okay, that's what I, I can see that. I can see that. And and definitely it was not tilting having a lot of Trevor Simeon in DFS. It was not tilting at all. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but I think that that look you you should have a little bit more confidence given the way that Flacco's played over the last three weeks. 
Um, I think Mike Wallace is a really good play this week as well. Um, I think that, you know, especially for Sean Melvin, the, the Colts corner is still out. Mm-hmm. I think that's really big. But even if he's playing, I still think that, that it's a good matchup for Flacco. Um, I, I think he's he's a very, very good option. And, and look, this is, this is a player that will be on your waiver wire. I mean, I would be shocked if he's yeah. if he's if he's not on. I don't remember what the number was, but at least eighty percent of waiver wires. Right. So I like Flacco this week. Unless you have a delusional Ravens fan in your league, in that in that case, well, in that case, that person is out of the playoffs anyway. Um, sure. Uh, I have to say, when you said you're a doppelganger for the Twin Peaks nerds out there, I just pictured JJ in the Black Lodge, uh, and then Joe Flacco emerges from the Black Lodge. But anyway, nerd alert is over. Um, uh, uh, I want to say one more thing: Justin Tucker and Log out. By the way, this week, as yeah. far, as far as that that game goes. All right, so um, Tyrod, Ty God, Ty Goat at New England. Um, uh, Tyrod is averaging a pretty healthy uh, 5.8 rushing attempts per game this year, so that Konami appeal uh, certainly remains, despite his. Uh, various injuries uh, over, I don't know, the, cor- the course of the last month or so. Um, uh, Tyrod has at least 18 fantasy points in three of his past five complete games. Uh, New England, I mean, game script is not going to be Tyrod's friend, as New England is a 12.5-point home favorite here. Um, but it doesn't really scare me because I was looking at Tyrod's uh, um, game splits in wins and losses over the past uh, three seasons and uh, he actually averages and and maybe I don't know I was a little surprised about this he averages slightly more fantasy points in Buffalo losses than he does wins so yeah, um, yeah. if he um, you know if they fall behind early it doesn't it doesn't scare me too much I think I think that's mostly due to the the, the rushing production that you get Definitely. in a scenario yeah. like that yeah absolutely he, he's had success on the ground against New England yes. and that's uh-huh. that's important um, by the way, if you guys heard a ding, it's because I forgot to close my email client and there were, I got an email. So that ding was not because I really liked Denny's pick of Tyrod Taylor. Uh, it was because I forgot to close an app. The show's a disaster. It is. Uh, Blake Bortles is the next one. He, he's, he's not really like a, you know, he's a, he's a shallower league streamer cause he's owned in about half of leagues. Um, but he's been balling out. Blake Bortles has like basically been the best quarterback in the NFL this month. Whew. It's, it's, it's crazy, but he's going to be facing the 49ers this week who are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks and number fires metrics have them as a bottom five secondary as well. When you adjust for strength of opponent, um, I, I kind of, you know, you look at his last three games he's had, so this is not just about the matchup. I mean, the quarterback himself has been playing well. He has an 8.83 yards per attempt rate back in week 13, 9.93 in week 14 and 11.24 in week 15. I mean, he's been strong. Yeah. Um, and despite this being on the road, the Jaguars are favorites, uh, five point favorites. Um, I, you know, I, I think that you have to hope that Jimmy Garoppolo can move the ball at least a little bit mm-hmm. on the other side. Um, but again, we, we saw Houston not be able to move the ball uh, on the other side this past week and, and Blake Bortles still just lit them up. So I, I'm excited I hate that he doesn't have his his wideouts, or at least Marquise Lee's probably not going to play. Um, but even still, Keelan Cole looks good. D.D. Uh, Westbrook, even though he didn't do much this past week, uh, he looks like he has a lot of potential. So I, I'm still I'm still okay with with Bortles against San Francisco. Uh, last week was uh, yeah, I, I heard a lot of people. I saw a lot of people on Twitter say I can't play Bortles because they're going to blow out the Texans. And and but this is something we've talked about a lot on this yep, show. It's yep. like is like being afraid of of game script that's too good, and that's not a thing. That's not a thing. No, don't worry about it. You you of course you need those early touchdowns, but again, guys, to create that that positive game script, the quarterback is probably going to be involved in some way. And I, I think honestly, you could consider Joe Flacco in a similar situation this week. It's just I'm not. I wouldn't be as confident playing Flacco this week as I was Bortles last week. Because Flacco hasn't been playing as as well as Bortles over this small sample size stretch. Yeah, as far as process goes, I can't think of a worse process than saying um, this guy's in a great situation, maybe too great. You know, yeah, right. That's just right. bad. Uh, all right, so on to Foles, 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 Foles. We won't do that again. By the way, that was that was a one time only event. That was us. That was us. Just look, guys. We have held in. <laughs> 
this this just massive frustration for for two and a half years. Yeah. We needed yeah. we needed to let it go in some way. Yes, and and that's that's how we did it. That is that is, and uh, uh, so that's over. We're done. We're done peacocking for now. If you and, and look, if you if you tweet Nick Foles week three 2015 to me, I will block you. <laughs> is that why you blocked me? Yeah, right. Sorry. Uh, so Nick Foles is at home against Oakland. This is so. This is amazing, uh, um, as far as matchups go. Uh, Raiders allow the ninth most uh, schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks. They offer a fairly safe floor. Um, nine of fifteen quarterbacks have scored at least fifteen points against the Raiders. Uh, no defense allows a higher completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks. Um, uh, as quarterbacks against the Raiders, JJ average an extremely nice sixty-nine percent completion nice. completion rate. Uh, my wife left me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Oakland allows the third most yards per attempt, uh, meaning that teams are very efficient when throwing against the Raiders. Uh, and Foles and, and the Eagles are a nine-point home favorite. Uh, so the the game script should be on his side again. Uh, the Raiders have. Four interceptions all year. Uh, no, no one has fewer. So we're talking about a defense that doesn't apply much pressure to the quarterback and doesn't, you know, pick the ball off. Um, I don't know if we're going to get another monster performance here, uh, but but I, I I love Foles. If you have him, I think you you're starting him. Yeah, yeah, he's in a he's in a good spot. I mean, it depends on obviously yeah. the other options, right. but I think you're probably a little bit higher than I am on him. But I think that he's still a good option. I, I, of the four, would you feel most confident with him? Yes. I might, I'm, I might lean Bortles, but I, I think it's, I think that they're close. I think, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked though if like Flacco outscores all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Flacco, yeah, that 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 indie defense is really horrendous. You're right. Yeah, we'll let we'll let you listeners decide because that's what we <laughs> we try to do. Yes. Uh, at tight end, uh, first guy, we'll, we'll go through these quickly. Uh, first guy, Eric Ebron, um, owned in, in less than a third of leagues, I believe. Uh, but he has at least four catches in each of his last five games. He's averaging 5.4 receptions per contest over that stretch. Uh, and over that time, only six NFL tight ends have a higher target share than Eric Ebron over the last five weeks, which is kind of shocking to me, especially because Kenny Galladay came back and he's taking at least some volume away from from the wide receivers, too. Um, and this week, he's facing a Bengals defense. They've given up the 10th most receptions, the 12th most receiving yards to the tight end position. So I think in PPR formats especially, Eric Ebron should provide you some sort of floor. I don't know if the massive ceiling is there, but that's kind of the case for most, most tight end streamers anyway. So plug in the idea of Eric Ebron. Yeah, plug in the idea of Eric Ebron. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, Jesse James, we're back to Jesse James, uh, who's we, we never we never get Jesse James right, Denny. We never get him right. It's unbelievable. We got him right once last year, I remember, because he was playing Cleveland. Yeah, and he scored. But like, I, I think our hit rate on Jesse James is like twenty five percent tops. He's just he's always there. He always has good matchups, and he's in that high powered offense. Which, by the way, uh, wait is is Antonio Brown definitely out or no? Yeah, he's he's yeah he's not playing. All right, so Antonio Brown was seeing eleven point six targets per game, uh, which in the industry we call that a lot, and um, <laughs> so those targets have to go somewhere. I'm not saying that they naturally go to Jesse James, the replaceable tight end for the Steelers, but I am saying that maybe 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 a couple or a few of them uh, uh, go in that direction. Um, we talked about the Texans either last week or the week before as like a very sneaky uh, uh, tight end matchup play. Uh, Texans give up the third most schedule adjusted points to tight ends with only six teams uh, allowing more tight end receptions uh, than the Texans. Houston has allowed four plus catches to tight ends in 10 of 15 games. So we're talking about, you know, PPR floor there. Um, After seeing 12 targets in week 14, Jesse James saw five targets in week 15, uh, JJ, I don't know if you saw the game, but his day could have been a little better if things had worked let's, out. Let's not. Let's, let's just not. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was that was the most. Uh, can I just say something about the catch rule? Yeah. The, the, what what I need to say is that if you're gonna have a rule and then be subjective with that rule, then it's a bad rule. 
Because yeah. if you go back, there there are plays. Brandon Cooks, his game-winning touchdown against Houston earlier this oh, yeah. year, remember he had the toe-tapper? He fell to the ground, and the ball came loose. But they called it a touchdown. Yes. And so, I mean, there are different circumstances. I'm not saying that this should have been, shouldn't have been called the way that it did. I'm fine. Jesse James didn't complete the the process of the catch, which is, I mean, it's kind of bullshit, but, or sorry, bull S, <laughs> but, but, but at least be consistent, right? Like at least, yeah. and then uh, look, I mean, the Steelers ruined it themselves too, by, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> threw in a triple coverage to his average slot wide receiver right. with, I mean, why would you do that? Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was bad all around, but my God, the, it's just, it's so pathetic. Uh, well, I mean, the, the catch rule is, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You have to catch it both knees have to be on the ground both elbows you have to roll thrice right get up and cook dinner cook dinner right get up you have to go home keep the ball while you're cooking dinner hold it while you're sleeping and then the catch is complete is that correct okay correct okay. and then it but but if your wife leaves you right. while that's all going on it's ruled in it's ruled right. okay that, that's what i thought i was wondering about the wife leaving a role but but uh that might have been why that's that actually might have been why jesse james's was <laughs> was ruled incomplete maybe maybe she had him on her fantasy team it's hard to say but yeah jesse james i think jesse james is my favorite tight end play uh streaming play i kind of like him i mean the texans are giving up a lot of targets receptions like everything we look for to tight ends we're gonna have the revenge the revenge narrative as well because oh, yeah. of what happened last week. <laughs> um, the last one really quick, Charles Clay. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was back this past week. Ty- uh, Charles Clay ended up seeing 31% of the team's targets. If he comes close to that share, I mean, even if he sees 20 to 25% this week, that's going to be a lot of targets because they're going to be more in a negative game script as 12.5 point underdogs against New England. Um, so I'm 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 fine with Charles Clay. Another high floor play. Uh, I think that he's, he's a good option. Uh, the matchup isn't like, Something that I salivate right. over, but um, but I, I still think it's it's good. I do too. Uh, all right, to recap: Jesse James, Charles Clay, Eric Ebron, Tyrod Taylor, Nick Foles, 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 Blake Bortles, and Joe Flacco. And then on defense, we have Chicago, Arizona, Kansas City, and Washington. All right, Denny, let's get to these questions. Yes. As I as I again look at my other um, other monitor <laughs> and I look out of the corner of my eye. Uh, this first one is from at real Greg Elliott got bounced this week because I went with rivers instead of Bortles like a true listener. So I'm here for the takes Oh, like a true listener. Uh, look rivers to be fair rivers. I, I think you could have made the case for, for him over Bortles. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just, that's, that's what happens in fantasy football. I, I would have, I would have done that honestly. Yeah. Uh, question. What showed you want to see remade or revamped from childhood? Which one is off limits? Family matters. Sh- uh, family matters should never be touched. I, I have a take about this. So, did you hear that The Office is coming back? Oh, it makes me so sad. Yeah, because they're they're gonna have a revamp cast, and it's just gonna be a worse version. Like what? Like, like why are you? Why why do people do? This? And like Full House came back. I didn't even watch it because oh, it, it's. Dude. But guys, if you like, every era has like a different genre and different feel for for television and stuff like that. And like the the '90s and the sitcoms in the '90s, like you don't want to rewatch them because they're that bad. Like that, that they they were great in the moment, but they're they're horrific shows now. You 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 cannot uh, relive what you you have already lived. And I know I sound like the Buddha right now, but but I, <laughs> I but but I I mean that if there's anything that I learned from Twin Peaks: The Return, it's that it's that nostalgia, while uh, uh, present for for everyone to a certain extent, is is you 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 can't. Uh, man, you, you, you can't relive something that you're nostalgic for in a way that's satisfying. Yeah. Because then the nostalgia kind of just wears away. Like it's not, it's not the same. Like nostalgia is a thing because it's this, it's, it's something that cannot be repeated and you, you, you want it. Exactly. It is. That is exactly right. There is, there are no shows that can come back. It, it, that you would watch and say, "Man, I'm happy this show came back, and I and I'm enjoying myself." And if you are, I think you're lying to yourself. The full the Full House <laughs> stuff is an abomination. Yeah, right. I've seen it. I I, I refuse to. Uh, this next one is from our buddy Pete Overzet at Pete Overzet. JJ, are you worried about Denny's appearance on the local news getting going to his head, moving to LA, and re- rebooting the pod with Tom Everett Scott as his co-host? I, which 
Denny, you gotta you gotta talk about this this newscast that happened this past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La- last weekend, uh, by the way, I guess I shouldn't have uh, drunkenly told Pete about my plans for the podcast. Um, but I <laughs> I drove uh, three hours in the ice and snow to um, Berlin, Maryland, which is on the eastern shore. Oh, it's where it's where they filmed uh, the Julia Roberts uh, uh, Richard Gere movie, uh, oh. Runaway Bride. No, nice. yeah, yeah, nice. it, was that a thing? Yeah, and and um, so it's a it's a little Christmas town. Um, it was a treacherous drive, uh, but it was for my mother in law's birthday, and she she's lo- she loves Christmas, so uh, we were we were all happy to go up there. Um, so I'm walking, and and I mean it's like it's nasty outside, like it's like like slush everywhere, and and I turn the corner. And there's a there's a dude holding a mic, a big mic, uh, with a, with a, with a cameraman standing there, and he approaches me and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And and, and you know this guy th- this guy's whole job that day was <laughs> to do a report on the snow, the, you know he had to do this, and this is and I get it, I get it. I used to have, yeah you, you yeah you had to do that kind of stuff. I used to have to do that. I worked for a local paper when I got out of college, and sometimes you would get an assignment like the following. Um, it's snowing. Go talk to people about the snow. (laughs) And so you would go talk to people and be like, so the snow, it's snowing, right? And they're like, yep, kids are sledding. Uh, you know, snow's, snow's falling. It's, it's good. Uh, so he asked me to talk about the snow. Um, I, I spoke for about three minutes to him. He, he, he took, I guess they took about a, a four second clip, which is so funny to me. Um, and, uh, I was wearing my, um, well, like someone on Twitter called me a millennial Clark Griswold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what she looked like. Because I'm wearing the, uh, that, that insane Christmas hat that my mother-in-law got me by the way. And she said, I expect, she said, I expect you to wear this hat. And it was, is she still your mother-in-law after your wife left you? It was, um, Legally, no, but uh, okay, but, okay. but but you know, in, in my head, uh, so I was not going to disappoint my mother-in-law on uh, on her birthday. So I wore the the crazy Christmas hat and um, and uh, talked to the the news, and then you you and others made the greatest <laughs> memes of of that clip. It, that made my day, by the way. That was great. Yeah, oh, it was so fun. We we memed Denny. Um, but that hat man was out of control. It was, it was, it was a little crazy. The guy was like, do you want to, the, the reporter was like, do you want to go with or without the hat? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I can't, I can't let this hair be out on, on television or on whatever, wherever it was airing. Yeah. I saw a question, by the way, I saw a question about the hat and about my hair. There's no good way to put on a winter hat. Okay. Right. Right. You just got to smush your hair there. There's no way around it. And it, it, it's painful. I, I hate it. Um, but it had to be done, and my my hair would have been unrecognizable to the people if I had taken that. Yeah, you can't do that. That's that's horrible for the brand. Oh, terrible, yeah. Uh, next one is from our buddy at Tom C. Whalen. He says, if there were a mom's basement Olympics, who would take the gold, fantasy football writers or Star Wars fan theorists? Probably Star Wars fans, to be honest. You know, I was going to go with the fantasy football option, but – yeah. In this in this uh, environment of Star Wars hysteria, I'm I'm reminded that there is no one nerdier than a Star Wars fan. Yeah, but I mean, but look, look, I when I tell people that I'm not a Star Wars fan, they're shocked because it feels like every the overlap and things that that I I enjoy playing. I, I'll play video games. I'll I I do fantasy football stuff like. Why would I not like Star Wars? Yeah, and and by the way, no no offense to the nerds, I, I I'm a huge nerd about a lot of things. A, a, a nerd is just someone who's passionate or very much into something, yes. and that and that's good. I mean, you're you're a nerd about stuff. I am too. I'm not yeah. a nerd about about Star Wars, um, but holy cow! I mean, people every time they release a movie, and by the way. You know, a Star Wars movie comes out every forty-five minutes now. Okay, it's not. Yeah. It's, By the way, did you know that there have been three Star Wars that have been released since the end of twenty fifteen? Okay, and there has been one Browns victory. Yeah, I saw that. That that's an incredible stat. But but what 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 I'm getting at is is that a Star Wars film coming out is not even special anymore. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just right. it just means it's Friday and and. <laughs> And so, so, but people keep freaking out. Right. Right. Uh, but Tom or Tom did have a second piece to this question and says, 
what are the events to these Olympics, to the, to the mom's basement Olympics? Uh, he says he's thinking of a Mountain Dew chug off race to take out the garbage, uh, synchronized logging on and dirty sock toss. I, I think, I think a good one is, is, uh, the ability to screen, to, to, you know, put, put someone at the top of the, on the, on the highest story of your house uh-huh. and to scream up to, to that person and see who can be heard best. Yes. Screaming from the basement. You're, yeah, screaming! Oh, I I screamed from the basement growing up, like it was my job. Right, you, it, mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh, like all the time. Right, uh, give me, a, I need some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, "Do you?" Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I actually, um, I was thinking about this one one event uh, you could have for for the basement Olympics, uh, mom's basement Olympics is. Um, uh, neck beard trimming to see who can, yeah, that's good. who can yeah. shave the neck beard the fastest. <laughs> God. Oh man. But but I guess someone in, that's living in their mom's basement would probably do it slower because they're not used to shaving that part of their body. Right, because they haven't been out of the house for 6 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. Next one at n dutton13 neil. Uh, he says stealing a Roto World pod question. Uh shout out to the Roto World guys, some of our good friends. What characters would you guys play from your favorite holiday movie? Well, my favorite holiday movie is Christmas Connection, which which we saw, I, which we watched on on Sunday um, with with our pal Tom Everett Scott. That's right. We haven't we haven't broken things down about that movie, um, but I, I Tom, you did a fantastic job. Yeah, yes. Tom, Tom, I I I say this as objectively as I possibly can. Yeah. Tom, compared to other actors in the Hallmark movie, Christmas movies that I've watched, was so much better than them. Like, just, it was like night and day. Of course, he would never admit to this, and he would just, he would just uh, say, ah, shucks. He's, he's, he's blushing yeah, right now but, as he listens. Uh, but I have to say that he was, Tom was incredibly charming in a, yes. in a charming movie. And I was going to say a charming ass movie, but I'm just going to say charming. Yeah. It was a nice, charming A movie. It was a nice Christmas film. Also, Tom, can I get your writing job from that from that uh, um, show? I mean, from that movie? Yeah. Because the my, house. My God, man, that house. The house was ridiculous. How did you a million dollar home in yes, Chicago? What was, what was that? What was that? That was the first thing I, I kept. I was watching with my wife, and I kept asking Amanda. I was like, I was like, is that is that? Are you sure that's his house? Is that supposed to be his house? So he's writing a weekly column. He must get seventy grand a week <laughs> uh, per column. Per per column. Yes. It's unbelievable. Incredible. We didn't even answer the question of what characters you guys would play from your favorite holiday movie. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite holiday movie. I mean, Christmas Vacation is so good, yeah, but so good. Like, I mean, like that's, but that's like that's such a canned answer. I don't know if I have like a favorite. Do you like Do you like Scrooged? No. Ah, well, I think we talked about this before. Yeah, we have. Um, wait, so which, so I'm, so someone called me millennial Clark Griswold, so I'm claiming that. Okay. You, you claim, claim Clark. And I, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm Clark and, uh, I'm trying to make uh Christmas great for my family while chasing the American dream, uh, to disastrous effect. So that's me. I'll be, I'll, I'll be the, the kid who got his tongue stuck to the pole in a Christmas story. <laughs> when you, uh, uh, that, that should be a meme, you know, like, uh, when, when you play Philip Rivers over Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, next one at car Carrasco underscore takes on people who put their favorite team's record in their Twitter handle and the Twitter name. I kind of think it's funny. What? <laughs> I think it's only funny when it's ironic. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It has to be ironic. It's, yes. Like, like, like someone like Solly doing it is hilarious, that, that, but that is funny. Or or Jags when Jags Twitter does it because they're just being completely over the top with with everything that all the success or sorry sorry, sorry you're you're part of Jags Twitter I forgot about this. I, I'm 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 near the head of Jags Twitter I have right, been I forgot, for many I years for many I forgot. years I've been I've been a Jags fan since '89 so yeah I forgot about this forgot about this no but I mean look look if it's ironically done great if it's just like the logo or something that's like, and then it just has their record or it's like if you're a dolphins fan and it has their record in that stupid dolphin emoji, like, like delete your account. It's get out. Uh, just dolphins fans get out. That's not, that's, that's, uh, you, you got to make room for the best team in Florida, which is my Jaguars where we are 10 and four, I think. And, um, uh, and we're, we're going to go steamroll the Patriots. We're beating the Patriots in the playoffs. Just watch. 
Next one, at WeeWing12FIA. Uh, it's W-U-ing, not WeeWing. But hey, I read it correctly. Yeah. Uh, made the finals for the first time. Am I able to start Gotopolo or Marquise Goatwin against Denny's Jaguars? Um, <laughs> you should not be playing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo this week. I, I I actually have a dilemma where I lost Antonio Brown in a, in a league and I'm in the finals. And I have a really good team like Kamara and Kareem Hunt, LaShawn McCoy. And I had Antonio Brown on that team. So it was, I mean, it's very good. But if you do say I, so. <laughs> I, I think yeah exactly i i think that in a pin in, in a bind you can still get away with playing marquise goodwin this week because he's seeing so much volume uh and he has that opportunity to kind of uh blow the roof off that that secondary and, and catch a deep one um but it's it's very risky still he's he's nothing more than a desperation you know wide receiver three probably i would say yeah yeah it's tough. I mean, I love Marquise Goodwin. He's kind of killing it the last few weeks. He has almost like 300 yards, but yeah, um, it's just, it, it's tough against that second. I, I, I really, I would not, uh, I would try not to have the loyalty pledge to either of those guys, but especially Garoppolo. Yeah. Yeah. Cause quarterback is just easily replaceable. You might not be able to find, you know, I'd play like Keelan Cole over, over Goodwin this week. I would, yeah. I would think, yeah. but uh, next one at our Gwell. How do you deal with losing to the same team in the fantasy playoffs two years in a row? Also, thanks for the pod. Makes playing fantasy less vomit-inducing. <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, losing to the same team. Uh, so you're, you're like becoming the Bills, basically. Yeah, or, or the Washington Capitals to the Pittsburgh Penguins, or the Pittsburgh Steelers to the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah, that, that is, that's, that's very difficult to, to swallow. That happened to me in my uh, family league back when it was uh, up and running. Uh, I, I lost to the same person in the playoffs twice in a row and by like, by like three points total. So yeah. um, I think the best approach is um, you can meet me at, at Arby's and we can drown our sorrows in the meats. Yeah, I think that's the way. Or either that or talk to your commissioner and get that guy kicked out of your league. Uh, yeah, and start a smear campaign against the guy. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's the cl- the clearest way forward. For sure. Uh, next one, at Travland Par. How do we know you're not really shills for big podcasts? Um, because uh, we advertise our podcast as extremely mediocre. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's, that's, that's the perfect answer. Yeah, if we were to be you know, shilling for big podcasts, we'd be like the greatest fantasy podcast in the world. Yeah. We, we would need some sort of voiceover to do our intros and to, I mean, look at what we do with this podcast. It's horrible. It's just, I mean, I don't even know why you guys listen. It's terrible. Next one at twin fountain, Winston or streamers. Jameis is playing Carolina at Carolina. I, I, I don't, I don't like that matchup too much. I don't love it either. Um, I might go with, with streamer streaming options. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Next one. At M. Deshen, De, Desh, I, I won't get that one right. 17. Okay. I, I streamed quarterbacks this year and ended up with Frankenstein QB1 mm. in my league. Come on. Didn't always take your recommendations, but you got me thinking about the strategy. Thanks, guys. Look, I don't care if you don't take our picks. I care that you're implementing the strategy and clearly you did it incredibly well. I mean, there's some luck involved there, but that's still freaking ridiculous. Man. It's insane. Uh, at Ben, uh, at Ben underscore Schwabowski. Uh, what do you think your dad tells his friends when he's asked about what you do for fun? Um, I, well, oh, he plays fantasy football. Right. I mean, I, I don't know about you. My dad thinks, fantasy football is like the dumbest thing my dad oh no my dad still he plays he has, he's actually in our league my my home league he i mean my 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 dad's basically like like real men bet on games that's 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 kind of his yeah his, i got you i got he's you. just he's just old he's just old school he's just super super old school yeah i would say that he probably thinks that i drink a lot when i don't um i don't i feel like parents always think that that their kids like drink too much yeah because they because they have like three beers at dinner or something like that. I I once uh, got a Miller Lite sign for my basement, and my dad was like worried. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "No, Dad, it's just it's a sign." He's like, "I was like, I I mean, what? Why why do you have a Miller Lite sign?" I'm like, "Cause I like Miller Lite. I don't know. Right? What, what do you want? It's weird. And it's not like my. I mean, like like 
my my parents drink casually. I I I mean like what there's it's fine. It's weird. It's a very very weird dynamic. Uh, next one at Baller Angry. Hey guys, love the pod. We love you. What are each of your most painful sports moments of all time? Could be favorite real or fantasy team heartbreak. Um, I think that I can pinpoint mine. Um, and it I'm, I'm gonna go. Do you know what it is? It's Steelers. Oh, and no, I don't. And it's 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 the Tebow game. Oh, Tebow. The Tebow game, the Demarius Thomas overtime yes. touchdown. Man, that's man. that's probably that's probably it for me. The the one that I can think of off the top of my head because a lot of the other ones weren't necessarily like last second. It was just more devastating overall. But because there were teams that I really loved, like when the Pirates played uh, Madison Bumgarner a few years ago and Jake Arrieta, I loved both of those Pirates teams so much. But it's not like they had like a walk off home run or something like that. It was just a a bad beat overall, but the losing to Tebow as a fan, oh. that, that was, that was bad. And he was just horrendous, just horrendous. And, and yeah, that, that must've been hard. Um, gosh, man, I don't know. Uh, I mean the, the, like Hootie, like Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish said, the dolphins make, make me cry. And they were the most snake bitten team <laughs> of the nineties. Uh, yeah. every year they were, they were a good, solid team. They got off to great starts, and then something fluky or terrible would happen to them late in the season, uh, and they would, uh, you know, miss the playoffs or or get bounced uh, in the in the in the first round by you know some fluke. But so there there, there were a lot of really devastating times as a Dolphins fan. I'm 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 having trouble coming up with one. Uh, I, oh, I'll go to softball. I'll go to I'll go to softball real quick. Okay, because it, it could be real life, right? Yeah, it could be real life. Like, like in your own personal experience. Uh, I was up. We we had come back from 10 runs down in the last inning. I, I'd never seen anything like it. 10 runs down. Uh, we are, well, I should say we scored 10 runs. We were still down by one. Bases loaded. I come up, and it's a, it's a uh, full count. And with two strikes on me, though, I'm gonna swing at almost anything, right? Because I, because I'm not, I'm not going down looking. I will not. Yeah, yeah. I will not go down looking. And the ball, it was clearly high, like, like go, it was gonna be a ball. I swung anyway. I hit a, a little shot to center field. I, it was gonna, it was gonna drop. The dude dives and catches it for the last out of the game. And I was, I mean, that, t- it, honestly, it took me like a week to get over that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty rough. Uh, Pittsburgh people might come at me and say, why aren't you talking about the pirates against the Braves in 92? Cause they lost on a, on a hit to left field. Um, but, but I was too young. You can't like tilt when you're, when you're young. Yeah. And nah, I mean, yeah, because you, you're still alive inside and you have other things to worry right. about. There's a lot of a lot of hope. Like I got, I'm worried about Legos, not not the Pirates. <laughs> right. Uh, next one at number one punna. Uh, when someone asks you the time, do you estimate to the closest 10 minute mark, or do you just say the exact time? I told someone it was 12:40, and someone behind me corrected it to 12:44. What's the right side? Here's the thing, dude. If it's 12:44, you got to say 12:45. Oh, I see. You, what, what are you rounding down for? You, you can, I think that you can round to the, to the nearest five minute. This is very weird to me that, that someone wouldn't just say the time that they, that's on their phone. Like if you take out your phone and you see it. No, I, 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 I feel you, but there are times where you're just saying like, oh, it's like, it's, it's like one, one thirty, even though it's like 12 or one twenty seven. So I, I have to admit to this weird a desire that I have <laughs> to give people the wrong time. Wait, the wrong, the wrong time? time? Like I, like if someone asks, wait, wait, what? Just, I mean, just to mess with. I don't know. It's just something in me. Wait, so, so like, like to your, to your, your wife that left you, right. you would say, you would, you would, you openly and on purpose say the wrong time. Like if she would be like, "What time is it?" and I see that it's twelve fifty, I would be like. 
1258. I mean, you know, just like, <laughs> I mean, not, not, tr- not dramatic. I wouldn't say 205. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but then you would know that it was a joke, but when it's 1258, then you're, you're, you could slightly screw with plans if you're driving somewhere oh, or something. Oh, I know. I know. But see, I, I never <laughs> act. I never act on, on, on this desire. And I think that that's the most important thing with this. That story. is, that is, but, <laughs> that's, but that's I, such an I opposite. always, I always want to be like, I always want to be like, nope, I'm given the wrong time. <laughs> It's like it's like my it's like my rebellion is it's like the 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 most dad rebellion of all time. Giving the it's like it's just one thing that you can control. Right, right. Because, like and, and you're I'm, and you're and you're gonna mess with them. Yeah, I'm 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 standing up against big time. Just watch out for them. Uh, this next question is from at r drandorn drandom. I can't. Yeah, drandom. Sorry. Uh, who would you target in the first three rounds of your Christmas songs league draft this year? This is like Denny, Denny perked up here. Do you have takes on this? I I love Christmas songs. You know this. I, I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with all from after Thanksgiving right. until Christmas time. It's it's Christmas songs only. Uh, so I have to say I've been listening to nothing but Christmas jazz for about a week. <laughs> what? I didn't even know jazz was still a thing. <laughs> Christmas jazz is great. Um. Um. The, so and, and to me, Andy Williams is the goat Christmas singer. Okay. And it's the most wonderful time of year is the goat Christmas song. Okay. So Andy Williams is the most wonderful time of the year. That's my that's my one oh one pick. Okay, my one oh one pick is Last Christmas, which is the only which is good. The only legitimate yeah. uh, Christmas song sung sung by the angel, uh, George Michael. Um uh, so that would be my one oh one. Do you have a do you have a second one? Um yeah, I think that so another th- look, the way that I view Christmas music is that I think that it's very nostalgia driven. Um yeah. I, I you know, like it, it like if you like a certain artist, it's 1 million percent because it brings back good memories from your childhood. Um, mm-hmm. I, I listened to uh, the Carpenters a lot. Okay. Um, or, and, and Sleigh Ride was one that, that I was, that I, that I liked a lot. Sleigh Ride? Yeah. Carpenters. Okay. You, you'll, you can listen to it after. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not, there's it. no way, there's no way I'm singing that. I have a great number. I have a great third. One I, my, my number two, uh, uh, this comes a, a little bit out of left field, I think, because, uh, I don't, I don't know if this is a thing. Like people listen to this every year, but Jingle Bell Rock by Hall and Oates. Yeah, of oh heck yeah. Okay, all right, yes. So, so not only is the song excellent, um, uh, but the video is tremendous. Oh wow, I don't think I've ever seen you, the video. Everybody must um, log on immediately after this podcast or during, and fire up. Hall and Oates, Jingle Bell Rock. It is the most '80s thing. It is like injecting the '80s into your eyeballs. Interesting. Uh, my my last one is um, in sync. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Dear God, man. Yeah, I had to, I had to throw that one out. Uh, there. You're such a creature of the '90s. Um. So my third one is uh, O Tenenbaum from the Charlie Brown Christmas album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that song. I love it so much. That is the quintessential uh, Christmas song to me. What's your what, What's your take on Trans Siberian Orchestra? Oh, I, I used to like it as a teenager. Um, I no longer like it at all. In fact, I I, I hate it. And 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 I I started to hate it when I went to go see Trans Siberian Orchestra in concert in two thousand. Oh, you did that? Yeah, two thousand six, I think. It was honestly the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Really? Just boring. They had like a nine minute acoustic song about like New Year's Eve and somewhere in Eastern <laughs> Europe. Oh my God. The whole the the whole crowd was falling asleep. I was looking around and people's eyes were shutting because that it was so boring. You know what I I would think would be cool is to go see a movie where they have the the orchestra playing. I've never done that before. Have you heard? It? You know you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, right. Because um, because I'm really I because when I write and stuff, I listen to movie scores, so I know all kinds of movie scores and stuff, and I got like kind of into them. That would be super cool to just like experience and have like the music right there. I, I saw uh, I saw the the old um, uh, silent film called Nosferatu um, with uh, with a, a live um, music situation it was cool yeah it's really cool all right that's gonna do it for the questions because we're running out of time we still have other ones um but if if we didn't get to your question and you want to ask it next week for the dgaf episode 
uh, feel free to do so because mm-hmm. that, that that's an episode. If you guys have not been with us before, we very quickly give you picks for that week and we degaff them, mm-hmm. and then we just answer questions for the rest of the podcast. Our, um, yes, and and I, I'm going to try to get my dad. Yes, yes, got to got to do that. That's tradition. Uh, Denny, do you have kicker takes really quick? Yeah, real quick. Uh, if you have Harrison Butker, I'll go ahead and play him. He has um, uh, he's averaging 4.4 field goal attempts per game, and Kansas City wins. They're obviously a big favorite here against Miami. Uh, Josh Lambeau, if you have him, keep rolling with him. Should see good game script again. San Francisco gives up a lot of a lot of opportunity. And finally, if you're really desperate, Mike Nugent, because the Bears are favorites and the Browns give up a decent amount of opportunity. I have to say before you ask JJ. I do not have a tilt montage for week 15. Oh man. Well, it's a good thing that we went over an hour then. It, it is. And I, I want to, I want to say I'm sorry, but I also am not sorry because I just wasn't feeling up to it. And I didn't want to give the people a half-assed, uh, tilt montage. Sorry to the kids. I'm pretty sure I already tilted enough though at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, there was, there was sufficient tilting people. Yeah, it just it just wasn't funny. It was very very serious. Um, Denny, where can people find you? Uh, at C- uh, at CD Carter thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I hearing something? Am I getting am I getting feedback? Um, yeah. So, uh, oh oh oh. By the way, uh, for uh, off season content, exclusive content, uh, um, contribute to our Patreon account. Um, uh, we'll tweet it out. I, I have tweeted it out. It's uh, patreon.com backslash living the stream. And you can find me on Twitter at cdcarter13. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at late round QB. All my work over at where, Denny? Numberfire.org. I'm just kidding. Oh, Sorry. dot com. Uh, and my other podcast, the late round podcast, uh, which is finally winding down a bit for the season, which is kind of a, a relief, if I'm being honest. It's a very <laughs> tough thing to do. I bet. Um, otherwise, guys, good luck in your fantasy football championships, and we will be back with you next week, hopefully, for the DGAF episode. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Make Brown QB.